Hello people and welcome to Stories by Sneha. I'm Sneha Azrekar, your host and the writer of this series and our story today is The Choice. The train was on time. Kamudi thought about the decision she had made apprehensively for the umpteenth time. She stood just a few steps away on Shialda railway station from boarding the train. Binaki would be heartbroken if he did not see her on the new Jalpaiguri station the next morning, she thought. Shreya would feel devastated when she would realize that her sister had not confided in her about the action she had decided to take. Kamudi looked around. The station was full of hustle and bustle. She thought hard again. Should she really be doing this? She then quivered at the thought of getting married to the boisterous Arul Moitra. Nullifying all her doubts, she made a final decision to board the train. She did not like train journeys. She always found them too long and uneventful, with nothing to do. She sat at the first window seat available when she got onto the train. A slow, deep rumbling told her that the train was leaving, and sure enough, the train began to grumble out of the station. She turned her attention to the people sitting around her. Across from her sat a middle-aged lady accompanied by her toddler daughter. The lady was avidly speaking on her phone while her daughter was whispering to the doll on her lap. An old lady slowly eased herself down into the seat beside them. When she had settled herself comfortably, she took a newspaper out of her purse and began to read, her brow furrowing in concentration as she did so. She wore a white Kolkata cotton sari with a green border. The crispness of the folds of her sari, the large-sized bindi and sindoor on her forehead, and the gold-studded pola and shaka reminded Kamudi of Pinaki's mother. What would she say if she learns about them having run away? Pinaki and Kamudi had been in love with each other for close to a decade now. They had never given each other the opportunity to think about anyone else. Kamudi's father, however, did not approve of their marriage. Mr. Basu was a man of high principles. He was a shrewd and firmly religious man and would never approve of his daughter marrying a person from a lower-ranked clan. Pinaki had shifted to Darjeeling a few weeks ago. After a lot of discussion between the both of them, she had called out that they were left with no other option but to elope. Kamudi had gathered the courage to take this step only to be with him. The night seemed long. It was approximately a 10-hour journey. Kamudi had no appetite for dinner. The conversation with Pinaki that she had had the previous night had been haunting her. Are you sure we should do this? He had asked nervously. Pina, if we don't take this step right now, we have just 4 days and I'm going to be Mrs. Kamudi Arul Moitra. she had replied frustratedly do you have any other better idea i don't know how ma is going to react to this let us think it over again to pina for once could you please take a decision without being a mama's boy i am getting married to arun in 4 days if we don't take this step do you know what that means i can't do this Baba isn't ready to budge. You are not willing to act upon this in any way. Arul has been a brat and agreed upon this marriage in spite of me requesting him to reject this proposal. What am I supposed to do? Give me a solution if you think eloping is not a good option. Pinaki had nothing to say. The silence that she had heard on the phone was deafening. 
I am taking the train tomorrow evening. I think I shall reach NJP by seven or eight in the morning the next day. Please don't be late. Where shall I see you on the station? She said assertively. Pinaki barely acknowledged positively. The silence was eerie. A regular droning of cicadas had a near hypnotic effect. The train had taken a long halt. There seemed to be hardly any passengers boarding from the station, though. It was around 10 p.m. Kamudi peered out of the window. The landscape was flooded with the quicksilver light of the full moon. All shadows were accentuated in such a way that can only be seen in moonlight-swathed environs. A silvery streak gleamed a short distance away, denoting the mountain stream that flowed out there. The station seemed unfrequented. In fact, the place did not seem like it was a station at all. Kamudi wrapped her dupatta closer around her slender shoulders as she continued to stare into the moonlit darkness outside. Something banged loudly into the seat that she had been sitting on then, followed by a heavy thud that fell right upon her left foot. Kamudi got up with a start and yelped in pain. Oh, ma! I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Followed the crisp and familiar voice of a man. The old lady who had fallen asleep behind her newspaper spoke sternly. "Ki kurcho?" She lowered her voice further and continued, "Bokachile." Kamudi looked up and was startled as she recognized the man. "Arul, what are you doing here?" The tall man calmly sat down near Kamudi on the seat and looked up with a creepy smile. "I thought I would be asking you that, Kamudi." Listen, if you have plans to wreck mine right now, you have no rights to do so. Don't you dare stop me from. Relax, I have no such plans. Arul replied passively, even as he interrupted Kamudi. Why are you here then? I think you know very well that we are about to get married in four days. Your Pinaki has had no balls to come back and fight for you. I knew that ultimately you would take this step. Arul spoke as he looked straight into her eyes. Kamudi looked away. Her fingers trifled one end of her chiffon dupatta while she thought about Arul's statement about Pinaki. She had been thinking on the same lines of late. Yet she would put away such thoughts behind the fact that they had been so in love with each other all these years. Have you been spying on me? She suddenly deduced. Arul smiled sarcastically. You left me no choice. Ratia, Debu, and Raina—they were all spying on you. Kamudi felt enraged. You made your friends spy on me? How dare you, Arul? I cannot marry you. Do you understand that? I told you. You know about Pinaki and I. You know us since our childhood days. How can you possibly not? How can you not see that he is not good enough for you? You deserve something more worthy, Kamudi. Don't. And more worthy means you, Kamudi asked bitingly. Why do you think I'm your Kamudi? Arul asked. His voice mellowed. Kamudi turned her face away from him. She knew the answer, but she did not want to lose face. She squinted out of the window into the dark night. After a few seconds of colossal analytical thinking, she turned around to face him again and asked, "Why are you here, really?" Arul smiled composedly and sat comfortably on his seat. He shut his eyes as he rested his head on the back of the seat. After he did not say anything for the next whole minute, Kamudi repeated her question, "Tell me, Arul." You very well know it, Kamudi. I just want to make sure you are safe. I love you, but you are blinded with Pinaki since ages, and you're not thinking clearly. If you are going to be with Pinaki, so be it. I can't force you to marry me. Nobody can. I shall return home once I see you have reached your destination. 
I can't rely on that man. I just need to know myself what happens to you once you reach wherever you're heading to. Arul said without a hitch. The tranquility in his tone sounded surreal. Kamudi was confounded by what he had just made known. Here was a man who wanted to ensure her safety. This was the same Arul Moitra whom she regarded as a brash womanizer and an exemplar roughhouse. She could not resist making that mental comparison of him to the love of her life who was sleeping incautiously miles away right now. When she did that, Pinaki came across as feather-brained and unstable. Kamudi got up from her seat and walked towards the wash basin at the end of the compartment. The water was cold. She splashed the water across her face as she bent over the tiny sink. She looked up at her image in the mirror and the thought struck again. Am I doing the right thing? Should I not have done this? The night seemed to be getting longer by the minute. Arul sat next to her reading a book. Pinaki never liked to read. Shreya would always preach. Judge a man by the habits that have been cultivated in him, be it by his family or by himself. Kamudi moved in her seat restlessly. When her mind did the speculative calculation, Arul would win all the points, hands down. She thought she was going to have a sleepless night at first, but with all the cerebral pressure over pondering, she soon eased into a slumber. They arrived at New Jalpaiguri when it was bright and sunny. Kamudi walked towards the only bookstall on the platform where Pinaki and she had decided to meet. Pinaki hadn't punched the clock yet. He was never a punctual man. Arul stood a few steps away from her, patiently looking around the place. Kamudi walked towards him and said, Perhaps he is around but not showing up because you are here. Could you please lie low nearby? You make him sound chicken-hearted. Arul smiled back at her, sneeringly, and salted away. Kamudi walked back towards the bookstall and lingered there. Her eyes searched for Pinaki in every direction, but there was no sight of him on the station. After an hour of sticking around, she walked up to the telephone booth on the station and tried to call him up a couple of times. No response. As she began to dial the number again, she saw a red jacket hung on a small hook attached behind the telephone booth. She recognized the jacket instantly. She had knitted herself for Pinaki and gifted it to him before he had left from Kolkata. As she picked up the jacket, an envelope fell out of its pocket. Kamudi picked up the envelope and found a small chit in it. She pulled it out frantically and began to read the contents. She recognized Pinaki's handwriting. My dear Kamudi, I know you will be angry when you receive this, but I don't think Ma will agree to our decision. You should go back. I'm really sorry. I have kept two notes of 500 rupees stapled to the envelope wherein you found this letter. Please buy yourself a return ticket and go back home. Please forgive me. I will not be able to convince Ma. Pinaki. The air around her started to feel tense. Overwrought, she sank down on a bench near the telephone booth, teary-eyed. Arul walked up to Kamudi and sat down beside her on the concrete bench. Kamudi handed the envelope to Arul. There were no exchange of words for a few minutes. Kamudi looked up at Arul. What time is the next train back to Shialda? The venue of the wedding was tastefully decorated with flowers and lights by Mr. Basu. It was a grand function and full care had been taken to entertain guests.
Mr. Basu had hired the best caterers and the best orchestra in Kolkata. Shreya had taken the efforts to get the best bridal costume and accessories for her sister. She too was dressed brilliantly to celebrate her sister's special day. I am very happy for you. You look so beautiful. She whispered in Kamadi's ears as she bent forward to kiss the bride on her blush pink cheeks. Kamadi felt a sting of guilt prick her all the while. I would have broken so many hearts for Pinaki. Aru looked stunning in a beige dhoti kurta. Kamudi noticed the delicate maroon embroidery on his silk kurta when they sat next to each other as they performed the many rituals of the wedding ceremony. He seemed to have a great dressing sense. No wonder he is popular among all the ladies in Balikanj. Kamudi felt numerous jealous eyes set on her as Arul tied the sacred Mangal Sutra around her neck. The ornament was heavily strung with golden beads and dazzled as it rested contrasted on her crimson sari. His cousins teased them playfully as they walked into Arul's bungalow after the wedding formalities. Ratia whispered in Kamudi's ears. See that girl there in the pink suit? She's Shrabani. You better keep your husband away from her, huh? She's been eyeing him since ages. Keep him tight to your pallu or watch her steal him away. She giggled. as kamudi looked up worried the nuptial night was a different picture than what the onlookers at the wedding may have sketched arul cleared the rose petals that were spread over the satin quilt on the king sized bed in their bedroom kamudi watched steelily from under her ghungat as he slept on one side of the bed and announced be comfortable you may have to get up early for the pujo in the morning you must be tired good night Kamudi woke to the refreshing chatter of the birds and the soothing rays of the sun at dawn. She looked at the wall clock. It was 5:20 a.m. The sun kissed the Kolkata skies usually by this time. She turned towards her left and noticed Arul was still fast asleep. Her eyes fell on the red jacket that was hung on a hanger on the handle of Arul's cupboard. She got up from her bed and walked up to the cupboard. She touched the texture of the jacket and looked into the mirror on one of the doors of the cupboard. Peering at her image in the mirror, she smiled. The red of the bangles on her hands, the red of the sindoor on her forehead, and the red of the silk draped around her slender body was deeper than that on the jacket. Hey, I hope you like the story. If you like my podcast, please don't forget to subscribe to Stories by Sneha on Spotify, Anchor, Hub Hopper, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Oh, and if you have a story to tell, send me your stories to storiesbysneha at gmail dot com. You can follow me on my Instagram handle at the dot agathist. I'll see you next Wednesday with a fresh episode on Stories by Sneha. Bye.